0: came me fresh Calveto okay. 931615 mm-hmm. yeah. Dilly from the bottom of the map I ain't got had a style I still get on with the rap Hey Dilly man you got to be an idiot in fact took the monkey off and I put the city on my back yeah. Country boy but I hang around And six, we're back with Sports and and Jesus Welcome to Sports later. and Jesus Welcome
1: we're back we're welcome welcome yep. Yeah So um So you know what else is back Football football yeah because this is the third time we've done this um so david here with joy and eli what's going on guys yeah yeah we got yeah. eli um sorry about the the static i'm trying to fix that maybe you're not hearing static which means i was able to fix it on the back end through editing the audio but uh but yeah so yeah football um is back but we'll get to football we might not get to football while Eli's with us because he is has a limited time frame with us. But first of all, let's talk about what we're watching right now, which is the NBA playoffs. Um, so I know we asked this on the last episode, and uh, let's see if mine and Joy's answers have changed and see what Eli's answer is. So NBA bubble, success or not success? What you got, Eli?
0: 100% success. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's, I think the MLB and every other NFL, everybody needs to take a step back and, and look at it. was a great job by the commissioner, and I say it was a complete success.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 weird because, like like, when you watch the NFL on Sunday or when you watch college football over the weekend, like I'm watching the games, I'm forgetting at times that there are no fans in the stadium. Yeah. Because, like, the – with this field so big you know it just I never realized how little I actually see fans on the NFL game other than like cutaway shots before the commercial and stuff mm-hmm. um but like basketball like it it looks different like the NBA like it looks different it looks cool but you can tell like there aren't many fans there yeah but uh we're watching as of right now while we're recording uh Miami is getting beat by Boston um so we'll see if that holds up um who you got in this series, Eli?
0: Oh, uh, Miami. I mean they're they're riding something I, I just don't believe in Boston and Jimmy Butler's a dog. And I feel like the team other than the Nuggets that came out and had the biggest favor by the bubble was Miami. So I would uh I'm gonna say Miami and five.
1: Miami five. What you got, Joy? We'll say Miami and six. Alright, I've got Miami and three, so <laughs> Nice. They quit. <laughs> <laughs> they quit. They're gonna be so. They're gonna win so convincingly in these next two games that Boston's gonna quit. Um, or Boston's gonna get a bunch of. No, I'm not gonna wish that on them. I'm not even gonna say Thank it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's weird. Me, me and Joy were talking about before we started recording. Um, like if you would have told me going into these playoffs that Boston and Miami. Would play in a series, I would have said, like, I'm definitely pulling for Boston. Love Jason Tatum. Um, definitely pulling for Boston. But yet, I find myself pulling for Miami. And I don't know why. I think Joy pointed out some of it is that we're big uh, Lebetard listeners and they're based in Miami, so they're big Miami fans. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's just like, I just, I like the way they play. Like, I like Jimmy Butler. I like, um, Man that that block that Bam had. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. That was oh, yeah. amazing. Crazy. But uh but yeah, it, it's weird cuz like I love Jason Tatum, but I'm pulling for Miami. And if you would have told me, first of all if you would have told me at the beginning of the playoffs that the Nuggets would be playing the <laughs> the Lakers yeah, to go to the finals, I would have called you crazy, but then I catch myself pulling for the Nuggets. Like well, I mean
0: like I I never thought the Clippers were going to make the Western Conference Finals.
1: Why you say that? Because – Even when they were up
0: 3-1? I mean, at that point I was like, oh, I'm wrong. But, yeah. uh, you know, thanks. I think I'm the happiest guy on the planet right now. I mean, okay, let's look at the hype machine that is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. All right. He did play good defense in 2014 against LeBron James. you got to give him credit for that. He earned that Finals MVP – but he was in that position dude, of arguably the greatest coach in NBA history and a handful of, even though they're on the, the decline, legends. He loses to LeBron, and then he goes to Toronto. But he's in the East. There's no LeBron. There's nobody. And then he plays the handicapped, equate brand, great value version of the Golden State Warriors <laughs> and wins. So yeah. I, I just didn't I didn't think Paul George was all that. I think Doc Rivers, I mean, he's a great coach, but, like, it, it was a big hype machine, and I never really bought into it, it until about four nights ago. Is and Doc Don Rivers a great coach? Yeah, I think he's a great He's won more NBA Finals than I have. So I think he's a great
1: One? Coach. He's won one more NBA Finals than you have.
0: Yeah, I mean. And I if you would have
1: coached that. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen in his prime, and Paul Pierce in his prime, I think you might have one, too.
0: He's 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 what he's, twice, right? he's no, won twice, right?
1: No, he's he's won once. And he got he went to another one, and I think then they they beat the Lakers once, and then and then Kobe got Kobe, it, yeah. yeah. The Lakers beat them once, and he's blown like three, three 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 one leads,
2: three or four of them.
1: How what numbers did you just say? Did you say free, three? Free, free. Three. Three. They were free three of them, three he's three.
0: Like, he's like four and twenty eight in close up games. It's not good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That doesn't sound like a great coach. He's fired. Yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> yep. All right. Eli was wrong. Um, <laughs> so, who you got, though, Nuggets or, or Lakers? I feel like I know the answer to that question. Like, but.
0: It's going to be Lakers, man. I mean, it's come on. Like, if I only want the Nuggets to win if they go down 3 1. Yeah. Then I want them to do it. But I just, I don't think, like, I think that. It's a matchup nightmare when it came to Harrell versus the Joker, right? Yeah. I just think that Anthony Davis is going to do a lot more with that. And they have, like, the wings for the Clippers are far better than the Lakers, but the Lakers have a better paint presence.
1: Just because they've got Anthony Davis.
0: Oh, I mean, and uh, Dwight Howard's pulling his weight a little bit. Uh, I said a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Uh, more
1: so than when he was with the Rockets.
0: I'd say, if I had to give predictions right now, I would say Miami in five, Lakers in six, and then I think the Lakers either sweep or beat the Heat in five. Okay.
1: Who you got?
2: That's still the Lakers.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. LeBron's number Mm -hmm. one fan over here. Yep. (laughs) All because I watched him – play I was in to high say, school. We're about to tell a story <laughs> that Joyce told four times on Sports of Jesus where he touched the same court as LeBron James. Yep, I was on the same, the same court time.
2: at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well what I was, was I was in the same building as these Nuggets. So that's Yep. Yeah, I, I saw know. I saw them play. That was the well, first I'm, time that was like two years ago and I had not heard of of Jokic before that. And I watched him play and I'm like how is this guy an NBA player? Like, he looks so yeah. unathletic. Like, he's awful. And then I look up and he's got like 24 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. That's, like, that's
0: the <laughs> thing. You, you, go him, you go watch him and you think, like, man, what? he had a terrible game. And then he's like 24, 15, 12 with a couple of blocks. And you're like, I, what, what? Did that all happen? I went in the bathroom. What's the deal? <laughs>
1: By the way, if you're watching us live on Facebook, um, I just just now figured out where I can see the number. Uh, If you're watching us live on Facebook and you got any questions or anything to add, uh, leave a comment and we might answer it if it's appropriate enough. Um, So uh, let's move on to NFL Week 1. Man, it was great to see Tom Brady, A, in another jersey, and B, not win. Throw a (laughs) pick, be the reason his team didn't win. Oh, oh man, oh. that was great. I hate Tom Brady.
0: I, I mean, same, but how much of that was Tom Brady? and How much of that was Bruce Arians' offense? This takes a while. It's all Tom Brady. It's all his fault. <laughs> well, you look at the statistics. Look at look at Fitzpatrick his first year in that offense versus the second year. Like it's always. Didn't he coach Peyton too? Right when Peyton threw forty-seven interceptions.
1: Yeah, he coached. Now, I don't know. He coached Peyton at um, Indianapolis, I think, yeah, a, after that. after Dudgey left. Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator, I think, when what's-his-name was the coach. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name.
0: He'll, he'll figure it out. I don't think they're going to be as good as everybody. They'll finish third in the division.
1: But Brady's not as good as Peyton.
0: 100% he's not. So – Boom. I mean you get yeah, you put if Peyton Manning had the exact same situation as Tom Brady does, he's eleven on the Super
1: Bowl. Hmm. Well. Yeah. It it made me feel good though. I think he cried. I love when Tom Brady cries. He's never cried, but I like to pretend like he does. Um however, like I can't decide, like I kinda like Cam Newton, but I have to hate the Patriots too. Um yeah, for, no. <laughs> for for uh Many reasons, but uh, but yeah, I I, I hate the Patriots too, but I, I like Cam Newton, and so I'm I'm kind of torn there. Um, but I don't know, he looked good. Who else? Uh, who else? Kind of surprised, or is there anybody that kind of surprised you both, both positive or negative? Um, Sunday, I, I know we've only had one week of NFL, but man, it was good to have it back. And like I said, like watching the NFL games, like I, I was watching that Tampa Bay new orleans game and first of all i want to apologize for i'm a little little stuffy here but uh but like i completely forgot that there wasn't anybody in the stadium because they had they had like crowd noise going on i am just like oh everything's back to normal corona who
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i mean for me the two biggest things that stood out was you have a team that I was convinced was trying to go 0 16 in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then Gardner Minshew went like, what, 19th for 20 with a couple scores. And then I didn't think Carl's uh, Edward Allaire from LSU was going to be that great, and he had a really good showing. So, um, that was a problem, too. Like, I didn't think Gardner Minshew was going to be all that. And at week one, he looked great.
1: Yeah, I'm pressing new buttons. I apologize. Um, what do you think, Joy? Any surprises you had? <laughs> I wouldn't say
2: that I was really surprised by anything. It was just strange to me because I'm the complete opposite of you. Like it, I didn't feel like I was watching the NFL at all because it felt like I was just watching a scrimmage game between two professional teams. So I really
1: – Why? Why did it feel like that, Joy? You had the crowd noise. Even though it was fake, you had it was Sunday afternoon. You had the but
2: like it. It was it was more than it was like I I knew it subconsciously. I knew there's no fans here, and I just I don't know. Well, did much watch
1: it. Well, Joy, you need to start drinking before the game starts, so then you forget. I'm just kidding. We don't yeah,
0: <laughs> rookie mistake, Joy.
1: Yeah, come on, Joy. But uh,
2: I'll do better next time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you better. I tell the Rams look good. Um
0: Yeah. But is that is it at the Rams or the Cowboys just the Cowboys? That's what I gotta figure out.
1: Well D- Dak looked pretty good. Yeah. Um just just throwing it out there. Like I thought that I thought offensively the Cowboys looked okay. Um I I thought because uh what's the Rams quarterback? Goff. Golf. Like he was awful last year. He had you know, he was good the year they went to the Super Bowl. And it was really bad last year, but then he looked really good Sunday. So, um, and then Aaron Donald is a, an animal. God, have you seen? Okay, have have y'all guys seen pictures of him without a shirt off?
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Like he's like the largest human being I've ever seen with abs. Yeah, he's massive. Like it's it's ridiculous. No, I'll look it up. I Haven't seen it. Yeah, he's googling it right now. He okay category. Largest man with abs. Aaron Donald's number one. Do we have anybody else on that list to to add to that list?
0: I don't. I don't I've never seen anybody like that. Because uh, then you start thinking about like DJ MacTap and all those guys. They're all skilled players. I've never seen like a defensive lineman just look shredded.
1: Yeah, because he's like three hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, he's he's a big boy. What about like the? I'll take- go ahead. When it comes to the Cowboys, I mean they're running into the buzzsaw of the future NFC two thousand twenty champs and potential NFC champs and possibly Super Bowl champs this weekend. So we'll get a lot of uh, insight of how good that team really is.
2: Yeah, I think Miles Garrett
0: has
1: to be in their conversation. Ooh, Miles Garrett, that's a good one. That's a good one. Who? Uh, Who else we and- got? Ben Roethlisberger.
2: Yeah, he's up
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> how did you? Okay. How did you get come upon Miles Garrett? Did you type in large men with abs? Because that sounds No, I, his, his you, name just you, popped just in my name, head. So I just Googled him. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So we've got two. Two in that list. <laughs> Was it. Is it. Who wins though? The larger man with abs or?
0: Nah, the stronger. The stronger? Well,
1: Aaron Donald's, there's nobody stronger than him.
0: And he's like, he's like, he's like six foot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's like my height.
0: He, he's got leverage.
1: Yeah. He's my height. I have a really big head and his arms are like, his biceps are as big as my head. I'm pretty sure. That's, that's ridiculous. I don't know that for sure. I've never. Measured them, but I'm sure it's out there. Um, yeah. Okay, way too early. Who are your MVP picks for this year in the NFL? Aaron Donald. <laughs> all right. All right. Not not most valuable abs.
2: I don't know. Let me I don't think. Know of a lot of Tom Brady.
1: Syn- I don't know a lot of synonyms for abs and definitely couldn't think of one that started with a P. So, yeah, uh, you got to, really Tom Brady, yeah. really. All right, well, I've got no. Cam Newton. <laughs> Boom,
0: dude. I mean, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Like the Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about him. Run the slowest guy on that team runs like a three nine, and then now you have Andy Reid with that windshield thing on his face, where he can just draw up plays like a beautiful mind, right yeah, out of the freaking sideline. It's over with, really, dude. I mean, the guy's going to throw 47 touchdown passes before, like, week twelve. He
1: but he's got to think of all those plays before it fogs up on him.
0: Definitely.
1: Because it slowly, like, throughout the game gets foggier and foggier. So he's going to get out there one week, and it's going to be, like, a really humid – like, it will have rained early that morning. Right. And he's going to get out there, and he won't be able to do anything because he can't see.
0: And that's when you say Patrick figured out. But yeah. did you guys know that during quarantine he lost 62 pounds?
1: Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, Andy <laughs> Reed. I was yeah. like during quarantine, Patrick Mahomes became a four hundred millionaire. But
0: yeah, so no, I didn't
1: know that. I could I couldn't yeah. tell.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, he's still a big old boy. But
1: <laughs> yeah. wow, dude, Andy Reid, man, just watching that. I'm glad you said that because I forgot. Thursday night seems like so long ago. It was a week ago. Hey, there's a football game on tonight. Seven
0: days. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Bengals and uh, Browns. Browns. Yeah. To celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, what a joke
1: the The same team <laughs> playing itself, yeah. Like
0: <laughs> the Bengals and the Browns. Like, oh, di-
1: yeah. didn't Paul Brown like leave the Bengals and start the Browns, and he wanted them to be just like the Bengals? That's why their jerseys look so similar.
0: No, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's hot take. Probably the worst state of the fifty continental states. Their teams going at it today. So,
1: but you have um, Macaulay Culkin. Conk- what what's the guy's name? What's the quarterback's name for the Bengals? Joe Number Burrow. Joe Burrow. Oh, Burrow. Yeah. Joey B? Yeah. He's my pick for MVP. I can't,
0: I can't help it, man.
1: I love that guy. I, me too, man. I, just, I can't
0: tell you what it is. I just
1: love I that. don't I, – like, I hate LSU. And, like, I just watch him <laughs> yeah. play, and I'm just like – I don't know. It's because, like, he's not Cam Newton. Like, he's not – He's he's not, like – I mean, he just doesn't – he looks like a normal guy. And then yeah. – He's, like, the best quarterback ever in the history of college football. Ever. 100%. 100%. Like, it's crazy. And, and it too, it's like, just one year he was okay, and then, like, he just obviously worked his tail off and just came. And, it, and I love the way, too, that he's so just, like, calm at all times. I'm still yeah. convinced. I know I gave this take once, but we've got a lot of new listeners. I'm convinced that when he got massacred, at the end of his junior year when they were playing UCF in that bowl game. Was it UCF? Is that who they were playing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that bowl yeah. game, and he just got killed. I don't think he's thrown an inter- interception since then. Like, I think that knocks something loose in his brain to where he's got, like, he's got, like, um, Jason Bourne stuff going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or he's just, like, programmed.
1: Yeah. like like Like, we all use, what, like, 10% of our brain or whatever, and he's using, like, 13 percent like just a little bit more like he just sees things a little bit quicker than everybody else
0: dude that they'll never there will never be another team like that lsu team ever that that team as much as i hate lsu you're right that was funnest team to watch yeah ever. yeah
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, until they get a good coach down at Miami and he recruits all the Miami kids again.
0: I don't know. It's never going to happen.
1: Man. <laughs> man, I watched the other day on uh, on one of these channels was the old the Miami t- game in the National Championship where they destroyed Nebraska like 2002 yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, man. Like Ed Reed, Vilma, like – their wide receivers are like Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss. Yeah. Like their, their running backs are like Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, I like think Edred James. Like the only position they didn't have was Dorsey at quarterback.
0: He was. Well, so, hey, right, listen, don't talk. I love Dorsey.
1: <laughs> uh, of course you Dorsey do. Dorsey
0: to you is what Matt Leonard was to me. Um, Listen, okay, so let's, let's interesting topic there. You take two thousand one Miami, and you put them on a field with two thousand nineteen LSU, and you put it modern rules, right? Who are you coming away with on that one? Miami. Like I I I get it. Like Joe yeah. Burrow didn't
1: face a backfield though with like Buchanan and Ed Reed and like every defensive back they had wasn't just like NFL player, like. Was all pro NFL player.
0: Do you have that team as the greatest team of all time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really you can argue it until you start naming the players. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you can't. Like,
1: yeah, Jeremy Shockey. I'm
0: about to say Shockey.
1: Kellen Winslow was the backup tight end. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was that was crazy. That and then that next year Miami team was really good too, but you can't remember them because of that Ohio State national yeah. championship game. What was that running back's what name was it, for Ohio what State? Was it
0: a joke? Yeah. Um Come on, Joy. They You're won good. that game, by the way. Like they didn't lose that
1: game. I know. That that was stupid. That was not pass interference. What what's the what's the who am I thinking about, Joy? You know what I'm talking about? Maurice Claret. Oh. Maurice Claret. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Eli? Yeah,
0: I'm here. Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) He disappeared on us. Um, So, so yeah. um, We also want to announce our week one. You know, we put our... Follow us, by the way. Follow us on social media. Um, You know, if you're watching us on Facebook, then you probably follow us on Facebook. But uh, follow us on social media. Follow us on Instagram. On Instagram each week, we put out our top ten... Which is voted on by guys that have close affiliation with Sports of Jesus. Um, If you're listening to this and you think that should be you, uh, send us an email at Jesus at gmail.com and we might, we'll talk about getting you on the list. But uh, so each week there's about 10, 15 people that have gotten an invitation to vote on the Sports of Jesus top 10 poll. And so this is after week one. This is our poll. We have decided. We made an executive decision to, um, at the time because we didn't think the Big Ten were going to play to take the Big Ten and Pac twelve out of of everything. So, um, so this is minus Big Ten that we'll probably add the Big Ten once they start playing. That's some news we'll talk about in a second. But so, okay, week one played games, official number one ranking sports and Jesus. Y'all ready for this? Okay, we're gonna go down. We're gonna start at number ten. Work our way down to one. Number ten, voted on by sports and Jesus affiliated people. Number ten, Notre Dame. We we, we really need some kind of like sound effect after this. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you clap too. It'll sound like it'll sound like there's a bunch of us. Okay. Um, <laughs> number nine, and. I'm going to honestly say that there's one person that really had a hand in this because they put this team really way up at the top when nobody else even had them ranked. Number nine, UCF. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> number eight, Auburn. Okay, please hold your applause to the end. Thank you. Um, Got it. There a lot of kids that we have to get to go through. So, uh, Number seven. Texas, Longhorns. Welcome. Yep. Um, number six, Florida. Okay. Number five. Now we're getting the big boys. Number five, Georgia. Number four, Oklahoma. All right, all right. Number three, the defending national champions, LSU. Ooh. joke. Ooh, we're getting down to the last two. I have a feeling we all know which two this is, but who's going to be two and who's going to be one? I feel like right now it's like at Miss America when you get down to the last two. And yeah. I'm about to say who the runner-up is. But the person whose name that I call isn't the one that celebrates. It's the other person. So I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Alabama and Clemson fans listening to this and watching this on Facebook Live. Players probably too. Trevor Lawrence is probably watching this. What noise is that?
2: 100%. He's watching. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hey, Trevor. Um, (laughs) Number two. The University of Alabama. Are you in a dryer?
0: You ask if he's physically in a dryer? (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: that's a big dryer, man. They got big dryers in Nashville. (laughs) And number one, Clemson. That's protesters. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we have protesting going on here. Um, Yep. Number one, Clemson. Um, and I'm going to be honest, it really wasn't that close. Um, really? Yep. Out of everybody that voted, we only had one person not put Clemson as number one. So, so yep. That's it. Week one. We will be reposting that on. That would have been really helpful if like.
0: Yeah, like a minute ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't, always a step behind. If you're listening to this on podcast, don't be deceived. That was um, that was all digitally done. We're <laughs> still um, social distancing and and all that, so we're not in a we don't have a live audience here. I, I know you probably thought like, oh wow, we're not supposed to be gathering with so many people that it sounds like it's there,
0: but yeah, that was fake. So. Yeah, I was not Yeah, well, who, who is your top five, David?
1: My personal top five.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. My personal top five was Oklahoma, number five, Georgia, number four, LSU, number three, um, Texas, number two, and Clemson, number one. Okay. I'm just kidding. It, yeah. was, it was Bama, number two. I'm kidding. <laughs> I just not want to say that out loud. This this vote is supposed to be anonymous, Eli. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know that I actually wrote the word Alabama. I was just curious.
0: Like I
1: just you know you know. I know, I know. Y'all y'all gotta hear this. Um filibuster, filibuster.
0: Filibuster
2: Bustins (laughs)
1: fillers (laughs) don't
2: cut Alabama. I don't like Alabama. I don't like Alabama dad. Good. They're bad. They are bad. (laughs)
1: About they be mean. The be mean. The mean. Yeah, okay, so then, yeah, then we started talking about the Russians. Russians
0: yeah,
1: yeah, that they're the bad guys. Yep, always.
0: <laughs>
1: so, could you hear that really well, Eli, on your end?
0: Hundred percent, yeah.
1: Good, because that means it's picking up through our microphones and not through. Yeah, yeah, we figured that loud. out.
0: Even the applause and all that sounded pretty good. So I mean, that was
2: sweet. Right. So what is what is the oh, greatest so thing it. in sports? Is it a walk off home run, last second shot to win a game? I was trying to. Hell <laughs> 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 Mary in football. What like what?
1: What's What's the best? Ooh. Okay. Okay. This is my my opinion, all right? I think right now in life, what I'm finding is the best is like a few years ago, Barcelona PSG in the Champions League was the quarterfinals. PSG was up by four goals, and Barcelona scores like four goals in the second half. One with a few minutes left to go ahead. So, that... That's the greatest. In sports, that was awesome man. It was <laughs> it was awesome. Even though I wasn't a soccer fan then and didn't see it live, but I watched. It's on YouTube. Look at look it up. Yeah,
0: it's on YouTube. I was so I watched the whole game. <laughs> um, I'd probably say a hail mary.
1: That's good. Just because
0: because like a, a last second shot, like you can kind of draw that up, and like and that happens long, a lot comparatively yeah, to the other I walk ones. walk off that all the time. But, like, a Hail Mary is literally just, like, everybody knows what I'm about to do. Well... And then you somehow convert it. Do
1: you like a Hail Mary or, like, a, a last play of the game of football where they're constantly, like, lateraling, and then all of a sudden, after, like, 15 laterals, it opens up? Like a, the Dolphins a couple years ago against the Patriots.
0: I hate that. I hate it. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, because it's just, like, it gives. Me an anxiety attack, and in my my mind, I'm like, start hitting everybody. Like if you hit everybody, then you're good.
1: (laughs) Just everybody come on the field, right there. Like as soon as that starts happening, just everybody rush the field. Yeah, although
0: that's when you get the that's when you get the elis of the world. You say, hey, it's your time to shine on me. Get out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, you Eli, like you Eli, not like Eli Manning.
0: No, like, I've been sitting on the pond for 12 weeks, and then it's like, get out there and do something good for us. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: um, that's all we got for the sports section of this episode. So uh, we're going to be moving to the Jesus part, but real quick, um, go follow us on social media. um, Give us a review. Uh, This episode is brought to you by... First of all, like every episode has been, Red Letter Clothing. Um, go check out the last episode where I interview uh, Florida Frangu, the owner, creator of Red Letter Clothing. Really cool interview. Really cool hearing his heart for uh, the company and stuff. And hearing his, you know, how, how that all came to be. Um, this episode is also brought to you by Lofty Leather Company. Um go check them out on social media. We are we're posting some stuff on social media them too. We're we're going to put y'all in their direction, but they're they do some really cool stuff. Um Yeah, they very cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh they do I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at them. What it do they right make? Now. They make leather. They make products? leather. They make <laughs> <laughs> So they do hats. They do um all all kinds of stuff. And uh, they do one really cool thing that they have right now is they make leather wallets made from baseball gloves. Yeah, go check out Lofty (laughs) Leather Company. Um, Go follow them on social media. Check out those wallets. Um, Buy a wallet. Yep. Uh, Back with another one.
2: Yeah. Oh, you thought that I was done with it? Now I'm having fun with it. Shit, G gave me the ball. What's me wrong with it? Some of the people left the game. I'm in a slum village, and I know the stakes. saying what it takes. One hand on the wheel, foot on the gas. Never on the break. Keep it real, looking at the past and all mistakes. It's God that has me here, standing by grace, man. Oh my, woo. God's water never goes dry, and so we drink. Could tell I was close by. It was on the brink. When you dwell with the Most High, you never sink. You gotta have faith on the path. That like snakes in the grass. You could tell a lot by the way we think. I came along.
1: Welcome back to Sports and Jesus. This is the, uh, this is actually, if you're listening to this, you don't realize this, but if you're on the live, you realize this is like take eight. So yeah, so we're in the Jesus portion here. Um, Today we're going to talk about seeker sensitive and attractional churches. Um, that's kind of a topic that I think is really important today as that's something that is very prevalent within the American church. And so I just kind of want us to just talk about what we mean by secret sensitive. There's probably been words we've used before, um, secret sensitive and attractional. Um, and so we kind of want to define it, define what most people mean by it, but then also define what we mean by it when we use it. So that's what we're going to talk about. So when you first, Joy, when you first hear like seeker-sensitive, um, when you first hear seeker-sensitive church, usually the people, okay, first of all, the people that use those terms are going to be people that don't, are, are using it negatively, right? Yep. Um, a What we would define as a seeker-sensitive church probably isn't going to call itself that. Uh, but so how would you just you know, a couple of things like word association. Um, what do you think, secret Sensitive? What do you think?
2: I think of churches that try to make themselves attractive
1: to draw people in. As opposed to making themselves attractive to...
2: Well, I mean, when I when I say make <laughs> themselves attractive, I mean going outside what the Bible defi- like defines of what a church should be to draw people in. Yeah. Having the best, like great, like music, like
1: not music that's not going out to glorify Music
2: that's not. I really said you got
1: <laughs> um, You know what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So when you hear seeker sensitive, you're going to typically hear that. Like I, I think the first time I was introduced to this was from a book by John MacArthur. Right, um, ashamed of the gospel. I think was the title of the book. Where that's that's kind of the the point of the book is talking about pragmatic uh, seeker sensitive, attractional churches. And so a lot of times you'll have it's it's something that you hear harped on a lot. In certain circles, similar to John MacArthur type circles, right? Uh, John MacArthur, Phil Johnson, Todd Frill, you know, that whole kind of, that whole group, right? So when they say secret sensitive, typically they're talking about, they would label, I get, they would probably, I don't know this for sure, but they probably label most contemporary churches as secret sensitive. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, we want to kind of, we won't put that label on all churches like that. So, the way I think I would define it, and, and and I think, you know, MacArthur and those guys would agree with this, but is, it's any church that's where the gospel isn't put first, but what's put first is attracting lost people, I guess. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But, I think that where we say like the line is drawn, like every church should have the desire to bring in lost people. Right. Wait, just to, you said there's
2: nothing wrong with the gospel, not being put first and trying to attract lost
1: people. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to attract lost people. (laughs) Like there's nothing like every church does stuff to try to attract lost people. I just had to get you back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's nothing wrong with trying to attract lost people. That should actually be something that, your church should do where the line is, is when that becomes the most important thing. And you start making sacrifices in other areas. You know, whatever you put first as a church, you're going to make sacrifices in other areas to push that ahead. So when you're putting, when you're making the most important thing, being attracting a bunch of people and entertaining them, you're going to make sacrifices in other places. Like, gospel, theology, um, community, like those areas, right? So that's that's what we mean. Uh, so I, I just want to talk about just a few kind of, like what seeker-sensitive looks like. Uh, and probably the biggest thing, and honestly, a lot of you that are listening to this, as we talk through this, you're probably going to realize like, hey, the church I go to might fit in this category. And hope, that's, that's what we want. We want you to think about, these things in a way you've probably never thought of thought about them before, right? So, I think a huge sign of a unhealthy seeker sensitive church is what you see prevalent across American churches, and that is easy believism. um, and that, that's kind of the core theology in these churches. Is say is they kind of have dwindled down the whole gospel message into a short little abc's of the gospel accept, believe confess raise your hand come forward now you're saved that's everything yep
2: i think that's the i think that is kind of where a lot of a lot of these churches moving into the seeker sensitive arena kind of start right like, that's kind of one of the yeah. first things that goes with there. Yeah, salvation's easy as ABC 123.
1: Yeah. And, and here's what I would say, too, is that that doesn't just, and, and we'll get into, into this sub because I think a lot of times churches label just contemporary churches or churches with full bands or whatever, churches that do a certain type of music, those are seeker sensitive. Yeah. But when you define it as easy believism, we would say there are a lot of churches that are traditional, that are still like easy believism. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. So, so when we say easy believe it, like there is there there is a simplicity to the gospel. There is a simplicity yeah. to following Jesus. Take up your cross and follow Him. Like there's a simplicity to uh, conversion. Even, but there's also we're saying like. Typically, a secret sensitive church like that—the simplicity is that's all there is. Uh, But as many of you know, if you're if you're a Christian, as you know, like there's there's a depth to it at the same time, yeah. And there's a depth to it that you're going to be diving deeper and deeper for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, there's no end to the knowledge and stuff that you'll learn, and just make you love Christ and the sacrifice that he gave even more.
1: Sorry, I'm playing with the <laughs> the Facebook Live video. Um, so yeah, so absolutely. So another side I think of typical seeker-sensitive churches, you, you might want to mute that since you're being... Those noises are being quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm not used to that. Uh, I can turn you down though until... I can I can mute you on my end, okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so. So yeah, another sign of that is that typically go hand in hand, going hand in hand with easy believism is that discipleship stops after that initial decision to follow Jesus is made. A lot of times, like that's that's the goal. That's all the goal. That's every goal is. Everything is built around getting a person to make that decision, to come forward, to come to the altar, to raise their hand, to all those things. Like that's, everything is built around that. And once that happens, like that's all the church is equipped to do. Whereas a healthy, more well-rounded church, that's just the beginning. Yeah um you know that's that's just the beginning of the discipleship and and that has a lot to do with too typically healthy churches are going to view salvation more similarly to what we talked about on a couple episodes ago when we talked about the order of salvation and that salvation is not it is not just a one-time decision it is a every day fight for perseverance yeah it's almost like
2: um our pastor says a lot. It's like you're being saved every single
1: day over and over again. Yeah. For the rest of your life. Yeah. It's a it's a I have decided to follow Jesus. Not one time back in the past I decided is every day I wake up and I decide to follow Jesus. Um by the power of the Holy Spirit.
2: For the glory of God. For the glory of God.
1: Amen and amen.
2: <laughs> Timber- I think I think one of the things Is these churches kind of get paired a lot with like the prosperity gospel when they're very different?
1: Yes, yes. I'm (laughs) glad you said that. I I was meaning to say that. So we did an episode, uh, probably a couple years ago now. Go check it out. All the specifically the prosperity gospel, which is basically you know the Jesus wants me to be happy, and and there is some of that in a lot of seeker sensitive churches. When you really dive down deep, but it's not as It's not as overt as like typically in a prosperity gospel. And I'm going to start naming names here. I'm sorry. Um, So when we say prosperity gospel, we think more like T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, um, a lot of the people on TBN. Kenneth Copeland. Yes. Um, Those that Jesus wants you to be rich. Jesus wants you to never be sick. And that's, that's what Jesus wants. So a lot of these churches, there is some of that. Uh, I think a lot, and that's lead me to my next point. There's a lack of theological depth mm-hmm. to where, like Jesus does want us to be happy, and they kind of everything is viewed through that lens. Which is that theologically, there is typically a big man centeredness um, yep. to where everything God does is still for me. Like it's everything's about what I get from God, the forgiveness I get from God, the grace I get from God, the love I get from God, the um, and ultimately like they look through every verse through that lens of God is his plan for my life is to ultimately make me happy. Like Like they look at verses like, all things work to all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose, like they take that and they apply the good of those that love him. It's like I might go through a difficult time now, but that's because God has a better time for me in the future when really all things work together for the good of those who love him, like that might end up in your death. <laughs> the good of us, our good is glorifying God. And that, doesn't, that verse does not mean that, and I'm sorry, but that verse doesn't mean that the difficult time that you're going through right now is going to get easier. It might get harder. Like, Christian history is marked with Christians that have had difficult times to the point of death. And then, as soon as you die, good, you're with yeah. Jesus. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a lack of depth theologically. There's a... Uh, but yeah, so so that's kind of the difference between back to what Joy was saying—the difference between prosperity gospel and what we're talking about, more attractional is it, it's not it, it's a little more sneaky, I guess in its in its deception. Like typically yeah. attractional seeker sensitive churches are like it's it's more it's more positive it's more. It, And I think the most extreme cases of this, um, which is in, like, you you see that, so an attractional church, a seeker-sensitive church, a church that thinks through everything they think through is, how can I get more people? How can I get more people? How can I entertain people? How can I attract people? How can I, often that comes out in these huge events, typically on Sunday mornings. And those events are designed and catered towards entertainment and attraction. Um, So, again, let me clarify. The church I go to on Sunday mornings, one of the goals is to do things well. Is to use our gifts to the best of our ability. Is to, like, our worship team... One of their goals is to sound good. Um, same for Joyce Church. Yep. But that's not the ultimate goal. And, and even that in that, you desire to sound good because you desire to please God, not desire to entertain the people in the audience. Right. Um, 100%. So, like you see this a lot, a Sunday mornings is where you see a big difference in. And I guess the most extreme cases you're going to see, like we've all, we've all heard them, like the churches that do a sermon series on, instead of books of the Bible, they do it on movies and how certain movies tie <laughs> into, like how we can find Christian concepts in secular movies. Like, it's, like there's, a, uh, there's a church that I, I've worked closely with that it was actually, the church was planted originally as an attractional church. And so I've heard the pastor tell stories about, like, one time they did a series based on the, um, like, the theme was based on the TV show Lost. (laughs) And so they built a wrecked airplane and had it on the stage while they were doing the sermon series. (laughs) And then he he was really embarrassed about this. He tells a story about there's a series that they did, and it was sports-themed. And that they had some of the um, staff's wives came up one Sunday dressed as cheerleaders and threw <laughs> the tiny footballs into the crowd, and the footballs had some of the main points of the sermon on there. Wow. Yeah. So that's yep. that's that's the extreme cases that we meet. Yep, that's pretty extreme. Um, that church has, <laughs> since then, become a lot more healthy and repented of that, and um, still does things very well, but... That's not the goal. Um, so, so yeah, so you see that. You see it a lot in the music that you'll find at an attractional church. And when I say music, I'm, I mean more the actual... I've said actual a lot, haven't I? Yeah, it's all good. I actually mean the actual... <laughs> I mean the songs that they use. Yeah. Not the style. The uh, style has nothing nothing to do I think you can and some would argue with me on this like some would say if you got a full band and you got an electric guitar like you're attractional like I don't I don't think that's the case I mean you use brother you use whatever gifts God's given you if he's made you a great guitar player you use that for the glory of God
2: acapella churches are not holier than full band churches
1: yeah neither are churches with hymn books versus churches that put words on the wall Uh, you sure yeah yeah you're right (laughs) (laughs) but we mean specifically lyrically uh the songs that they're singing like there is a a, and we've talked about this before too i think we've done full episodes on this like there is a difference in worship songs lyrically and some people i've heard say like this is it's not important like if it's as long as the song isn't heretical and it's about god like it's okay but I would say and I'm probably gonna get some pushback on this because there's probably even people at my church that would disagree with me, but but some examples that I can think of are song are like a lot of new songs like for example, like Reckless Love, right? So Reckless Love comes from a comes from Bethel, which we would say is I don't even know if you label them. They're like secret sensitive <laughs> prosperity. They're all of it mixed They're, into yeah, one. <laughs> They're the one heretical mess. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but that's where that song comes from. And the difference is like that that song isn't necessarily like wrong. It again, like the difference in the problem is the, the emphasis is who's at the center. The center of that song, the center of that song is us is it's about God's reckless love for us it's about him leaving the 99 to find us which isn't even the point of that No, <laughs> that story that Jesus tells like it's not the point is Jesus it's not oh wow look how worthy I was that he left the 99 to find me it's look how great Jesus is like there's another song um God, we'll get some pushback on this. <laughs> the song Waymaker is a very popular Christian song right now. And that song is all about Jesus making a way for me. I uh, yep. Hope I know the song.
2: I don't really know Reckless Love, but I know this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's all I mean, that's there's not necessarily anything heretical about that song. It even sounds good the first couple times you hear it, but then you think about it. Like that song's all about us. Um like there's a song written by a guy from the area we live in, the um uh, what is it? He took the fall and thought of me above all. Remember that song? It's a little older. It Sounds familiar. But, but like that right there, like that that line right there, like it's about us. Like everything's about us. Everything is about us and our worth. And I'm I'm really bad about like
2: I've got a playlist on Spotify. Where I'll just add like Christian songs to it that I hear, and I'm real bad about hearing a song once, not thinking about the lyrics and adding it to the playlist. And then my wife later, she's like, "You've added some songs on there that I'm just like, they're not very biblical." I'm like,
1: <laughs> that's, that's, I just awesome. add them. <laughs> "That's that's awesome." That's um, awesome. Yeah, like I would encourage you think about the songs that you're singing. And I'm sorry. I probably hurt some people's feelings with the two <laughs> songs I just named. Those are really popular songs. But um but and again, like it's not we're not saying like contemporary Christian music is awful and all contemporary songs are bad. Um but like cuz there are some very very good contemporary gospel-centered songwriters out there also. Like Like, for example, I think some of the best ones out there are, like, Matt Boswell, and he, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery, like, listen to the lyrics we just talked about versus these lyrics, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree, in the stead of ruined sinners hangs a lamb in victory, see the price of our redemption, see the Father's plan unfold, bring many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love untold. Come, behold the wondrous mystery! Slain by death, the God of life, but no grave could ever restrain Him. Praise the Lord, He is alive! What a foretaste of deliverance! How unwavering our hope! Christ in power, resurrected, as we will be when He comes. Like, there's a difference there in those lyrics. Yeah, and, and so that's what we're talking about. Like, just be be aware, and we're doing all of this again, just to like we want you to think about these things. We're not saying hey, leave your church because they sing reckless love or leave your church because they sing Waymaker. What we're saying is hey like know your church well enough to know what the intentions are. yeah like like and I'm saying all that like I know plenty of people that have perfectly good intentions that sing these songs like that we're again, this is just just examples of, of what we're saying but just just think about these things think through these things. Um, ask questions is, you know, and we kind of come from a line of, and most of the people that have come across this podcast, if you haven't caught on to it now, like we come kind of, of a reformed heritage. We're not saying that that your church has to be reformed in order to be gospel centered or in order to be doing things the right way. Or that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to say if your church isn't reformed that I'm trying to say like, some key things like does your church, like what is the focus on Sunday mornings? Is it entertaining or is it glorifying God? Um, is there discipleship? Is okay. there ways that you can dive deeper? Is there ways that new converts dive deeper? Is, is that conversion, is them becoming saved? Is that the end of the road or the beginning of the road? Um, and is there, and here's a big one like is there community and is there a depth and accountability within community? Cause that having community tends to kind of level some of those other things out. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and, and don't necessarily look at the size of the church. There are very, very large churches that are very, very gospel centered and there are very, very small churches that are very, very not. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, it, it kind of, like, for me, for a long time, it just kind of, like, if a guy is popular, a popular preacher, then he's probably not very good. <laughs> like, he's probably not very deep. There's a reason he's that popular, and it's because he's tickling them ears. Yeah. You know, but that, that's not the case, man. Like, <laughs> like Matt Chandler is the furthest thing from trying to tickle your ears as one could possibly be, and he's a church of over 10,000, you know? Um joy's church is a for this area historically a very large church and is the furthest thing from trying to tickle you like it does the opposite it's like we're gonna punch you right in the ear like, <laughs> like punch your ears yeah yeah we're gonna punch your ears and make them bleed Like i don't know if that's a good thing or i don't know how
2: I don't know, they got ruined. That escalated very quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: picturing your your preacher like punching
2: <laughs> people in the ear. Have you ever been punched in the ear?
1: Sorry, that was Didn't you like completely... Didn't you get punched by the pavement one time in the ear?
2: I did. <laughs> you get Not punched really by Mother Earth. Back of the head. <laughs> but there was blood coming out of my ears.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so what are some some of the dangers of some of these churches? And hey, listen, if you go to church and on Sunday morning, you get there, they turn on them fog machines, they uh they come out and they they're doing a, a series on finding uh truth in secular songs and it's this big show and the pastor gets up there and maybe doesn't even touch the Bible and Everything's about you know doing this to make you happy. Yeah, you're in a secret sensitive church, yeah. and you need to rethink that decision. The
2: sermon's about don't not killing your vibe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you probably need to need to need to hop on out there. Um, and hey, email us. We have a lot of ways that we can. I mean, I've helped people all over the country find solid biblical churches, right? So there are a lot of ways. One one way is Gospel Coalition. Um, they have a church directory. You can look on there, see gospel-centered churches around your area. Um, Nine marks. Um, yeah, so so check those things out. So why why is this important? Like why is it like it, if the church isn't necessarily heretical, right? So if it's not prosperity gospel, it's not word of truth, which we would say are heretical. Yeah. Um, if the church is just if it's just a little a little soft, right? But maybe say I. I just don't, I'm just not into church for the intellectual aspect of it. Say if somebody's saying that, like, say if I'm just, I just want to be, I just want to praise Jesus. I just want to be a church where I can just worship him and lift my hands and do, like, I just don't, I don't really want to be at a church where they get super deep. Um, Why would you say, hey, like, this is still something you should think about. Like, what are some of the dangers of being at a church that that, that has no depth to it? I would say that, uh,
2: that you're just, you're, you're just going to be there like paddling water. Like you're in the canoe in the middle of a lake and let's just say to get to the other side of the lake is glorification. Well, I, I forget it's glorification. Then you're just sitting there rowing with your hands when you've got paddles there and paddles are going to get you closer to knowing Jesus. And you're just sitting there just treading water with your hands. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I
1: just came off the top of my head. That's nice. Uh, that's I nice. I need to write that down. Yeah. Put that in our book. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So you're, you want to be in a church that there's a depth because, again, I, I think we've say this a bunch of times. You're, that point where you decided to follow Jesus for the first time, that point of conversion, like that's just the beginning. You want, and part of the role of the local church and the local body is to help you get to the other side of the lake, to use Joy's analogy. Like they're there, they're there to paddle with you. Yeah. Like, like 1 Corinthians
2: 3 2 said, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you were still not ready. And if you're not careful about the church that you choose to attend, that's going to help you get to that solid food. You can be a Christian of, you can spend your entire Christian life drinking milk and not getting to know the wonder and the glory that is
1: Christ. Yeah. And and again, like I know, like I've talked to a lot of people that are, are just like, I just don't, like I just don't think it's important. Depth isn't important. Like I don't think it's important to think through theological things or be at a church that challenges me in in those areas. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to end this in a second with a quote from Spurgeon on, on that subject. But just quickly, another couple of things: uh, you're not if you're at a, a seeker sensitive church that there's no depth and there's no discipleship, you're not being equipped to deal with tough times that are going to come your way. Like the depth of, the depth of knowing and understanding and seeking to know better and understand better God is the foundation that you'll be able to hold on to when you go through periods of difficulty and pain and loss. Yeah. Like 2020 for everybody. <laughs> um if you're not being discipled, you're not going to make disciples, which is something the Bible's called us all to do, and you're not going to be held accountable. But back to just in closing, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think I'm good. Um, Just in closing, I just want to read this by Spurgeon talking about just the the study of God, the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy which can ever engage the attention of a child of God, is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls his Father. There is something exceedingly there is something exceedingly improving to the mind in a contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity, so deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. Other subjects we can compass and grapple with in them we feel a kind of self-content and go our way with the thought behold i am wise but when we come to the master science finding that our plumb line cannot sound its depth and that our eagle eye cannot see its height we turn away with the thought that vain man would be wise but he is like a a wild donkey's colt and with solemn exclamation i am but of yesterday and i know nothing no subject of contemplation Will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. Um. So yeah, be it a church that challenges you in those things. Be it a church that constantly pushes you to go deeper with God.
2: And who was it? Was it Tozer that said the most important thing about us is what we think about God?
1: Is that Tozer? I don't know if that was Tozer, but sa- sounds good. Sounds right. Yeah. I episode brought to you by Red Letter Clothing, redletterclo.com. Go check them out. Again, If uh, go check out the last episode. Interviewed the um, the founder of Red Letter Clothing It was Tozer. Yep. was Tozer. Yep. Go check them out. Uh, great interview. This episode also brought to you by Lofty Leather Company. Um, go check them out on social media. They got some really cool stuff. Um, so we're going to be doing some more partnering with them in the future Um, if if you watched us on facebook live hope you enjoyed we're only gonna get better at this Um, if you listen to us please give us a review go follow us on facebook and instagram and all the social media stuff and uh, we will catch you on the flippity flip yeah yeah
0: oh oh, oh. they gonna say that i went soft on this one yeah yeah my mama love me like a rock. My mama love me. Yeah. I knew that since I made a room up out of tummy. Yeah. I, I knew that cause she put that food inside my tummy. Yeah. She told me how to turn that gloom into a sunny day. Yeah. She say that love's not just a verb. No, it's an action verb. But I've been thinking that it's Lincoln or a passive word Something the world be acting like it's lacking, that's for sure I've been scratching on my nappies, trying to see what makes you happy I've been rapping for the love and peace, but I guess that's absurd Cause radio be playing rappers that be trapping birds But baby, I know why the cage bird sees Cause only love can make the type of bells that freedom rings What that means, you and me, we got the keys We could get it started like the black eyed pizza, yeah I say we start right here, I'm so sincere I'd rather lend two ears than tattoo tears in, yeah Hey, I love